Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Copyrighted program created by Rio Grande. On all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 218. Don't look at them. Five feet eight inches, weight about 135 pounds. Has brown curly hair. Cooperate with the Federal Bureau of Investigation in apprehending this man. He is wanted for kidnapping. That's all. Rolls and quits. tens of thousands of motorists as the trademark of Rio Grande Crack, the gasoline that powers more public-serving emergency equipment wherever it is sold than any other brand. That means not only the police cars, fire engines, and ambulances in many, many leading California cities and counties, but the motor vehicles of both our state and federal governments as well. Such overwhelming popularity. Every division of government recommending and specifying the use of Rio Grande Crack. No other motor fuel can boast so eloquent an endorsement because only Rio Grande Crack delivers all the qualities demanded by the officials of city, county, state, and national government. It is your assurance that when you drive into the nearest red and white Rio Grande station and call for a tank full of Rio Grande Crack, you are getting not only the most highly recommended motor fuel in the West, but the finest gasoline that money can buy anywhere. privilege tonight to present the Honorable Benjamin Harrison, United States District Attorney for the Southern District of California. Mr. Harrison. Tonight, we are to hear one of the most baffling cases ever to face that efficient branch of the Department of Justice, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Through the trail of blood money, the agents followed their kidnapper and murderer back and forth across the continent and true to tradition, got their man and recovered the greater part of the ransom money. It must become increasingly manifest to those who are devoid of an appreciation of the rights of their fellow man that the opportunity of escaping detection for offenses committed over which the federal government has jurisdiction is becoming less and less. Certainty of punishment alone deters the criminal. And when those so inclined come to a full realization of this fact, life and property rights shall become safe. Society is succeeding in purging itself of those who refuse to conform to its regulations. And when the criminally inclined fully realize this fact, fewer shall be tempted to follow the path that leads to disgrace, imprisonment, and oftentimes to society's extreme penalty, death. Included little inn near Sycamore, Illinois, a man and a woman have just finished dining. 
Enjoy your dinner, Mr. Ross? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Hope we'll see you more often in the future. Uh, you will. Uh, you ready, Florence? Uh, just a minute. Oh, these women always have to powder their noses. You know, sometimes I feel like Shakespeare. He said, God gave you one face and you paint for yourselves another. I'd like to hear what you men would say if we didn't paint for ourselves another. Well, now, remember, Florence, you're only my secretary. You can't talk to me that way. Oh, come on. We'll be late getting you home and Mrs. Ross will be worried. Ah, now, don't you worry about Mama. <laughs> She'll probably be busy playing bridge. Well... Good night, Sammy. Good night, Mr. Ross. Hey. Nice place Sammy's got there. I like to have dinner here. It's so quiet and restful. Yes, it's good to get away from town once in a while. Now, where in tarnation's my key? Probably in your overcoat pocket. That's where you usually keep it. Oh. Florence, at times you exasperate me. Is that where the key was? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, get in. Get in. All right, cross patch. Yeah. Yeah, it's warmer tonight than I thought it would be. You mind if I keep the window down? No. Oh, by the way, did you hear from Grimes today about that shipment of Christmas cards? They've been shipped. Yeah. Well, we've got to get busy with the Easter stuff next week. Say, hmm? isn't that a car following us back there? Huh? Oh, no. Oh, I don't think so. Awfully bright lights, aren't they? The brightest lights I've ever seen on a car. Oh, can you pull down the curtain in the back? The lights are shining right into the rearview mirror. Mr. Ross, that car is following us purposely. Oh, okay. He's right behind us. He's about to pass us. Oh, Florence, it's a hold-up. Hide your rings. All right, guy. Get that door open. Now, oh, now, look here. If this is a hold-up, you won't get much. That's what you think. Your name, Ross? Uh, what? Oh, yes, yes, why? My boss said bring you in. Get going. Now, look here. You can't get away with this. This is a kidnapping, see? We'll get away with it, all right? Nice job, Gary. Get over here. Where did I get that money this same shot? Nice, Gary. Come on. Get moving, Ross. Uh, go tell Mama, Florence. Yeah, tell the cops, too. We'll be waiting for them. Get in here. What's eating you? Never mind. Spam in here. Well, what's on your mind? Did you phone Ross's wife? Well, sure. What'd you say? Oh, I didn't get to talk to her much. Why not? Oh, some mug's trying to set the wires in Ross's house. I can't get no privacy. We'll get privacy. Bring Ross in here. Okay. Hey, Ross. Come in here. Is he loose? Why, sure. I thought I told you to keep him tied well, up. Well, he was tied of sitting in that dead chair. Nobody's asking you for your opinion. You obey orders or else. Yes, what? Try it again and see. Well, what's wrong now? Shut your trap and listen to me. Who's your mouthpiece? Mouthpiece? Lawyer, shut. Oh, uh, lawyer. Uh, Ed Cunningham. All right, all right, sit down. You're going to write him a letter. But I haven't anything to write with. You'll find something in that drawer. Sit down and write what I tell you to. Well, all right. All right, all right, get started. Tell them to get $50,000 in five, tens, and twenty. Fifty, but I haven't that much cash in the bank. Yeah, let them worry about that. I'll get it. Start writing. Tell them to give the dough to a motorcycle rider who's to wear a red and black coat. He's going to ride on a white motorcycle. 
Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm making a show out of this inch of feet. It's my business, button it. You got that, Ross? Uh, oh, oh, yes. Tell yes. him to send a rider out out the road to Rockford. You can get five miles from Rockford and tell him to watch for a car with blinking lights. Oh, how about right. a pistol shot, too? Well, and tell him to listen for a shot in the bushes. Uh, with there are flashlights from the side of the road. Shot in the bushes? Shut up! Uh, yeah, when he sees any of them signals, he's to pick yeah. the money in the ditch. Oh, what's going to keep him from following us when we snatch the jack? I'm coming to that. Tell him to go a half a mile on down the road and crash a motorcycle in a ditch. Uh, yes, my right away, you'd better mention that he's to go 80 miles an hour if he wants to live and do well. Uh, 80 miles an hour if you want to live and do well. Uh, anything else? Take your time. After he cracks up his bike, he's to keep on going, on foot. We want the dough to be there on Friday night. What day the much there? Uh, that's the week from tonight. Should be October the 8th. Oh, have we had this boy down here for two weeks? Uh, yeah, two weeks tomorrow night. Don't worry about it. We'll soon get rid of him. Uh, all right. Now, is that all you want in the letter? Yeah. Now, who can we trust among your friends to deliver it? Well, I don't know. You might try Mary Brackenridge. She knows Cunningham pretty well. She'd send the letter to him, and he'd contact my wife. Yeah, and the cops. Well, you're going to have them after you anyway. Don't worry about the cops or the feds either. I ain't got no record. They can't trace me. Well, I have. So what? I don't want to take no chances. You ain't taking any yet. What are you squawking about? Okay, Ross. Just that letter to this Breckenridge woman, and we'll mail it tonight. <laughs> One week later, on the night of October 8th, three men sat in the park automobile. Five miles east of Rockford, Illinois, somewhere to the east, a lone rider sped toward the parked car. His speedometer read 80 miles per hour, on through the night, bearing $50,000 in currency, destined to be the ransom of the kidnapped millionaire. Impatient as the men waited, Peter Anders watched his companion, Gray, as both watched the victim, Charles Ross. Then, from the darkness, came the unmistakable sound of the motorized cyclops. behind him when he passes. There he goes. Get going. I hope he has the money. Yeah, he'd better have it. Uh, what are you going to do with me? We'll send to you later. Before uh, we're going to tear this report. Give him the light from Jim to Bryce so he'll know it's us. Uh, look back. I saw him. I ain't blind. Uh, lay your Don't be so chumpy. Pipe down and flash them lights again. Okay, there he goes. Yeah, he threw a package. You ought to be crashing in a second now. There he goes. Make a loop and let's get that jack. Oh, well, okay. It's crashed, all right. Get that door open and grab that jack. You get it? Yes. All right, give me it. Don't grab. Shut up and get in. Get all there? How'd I know? Give me time to get it open. Oh, they won't double cross you. It'd be too bad for you if they tried it, huh? Oh, oh boy, look at them, baby. Let me feel them. Stop the car. What's the idea? Stop the car! We're going to take a look at this stuff. Well... Now that you've got the money, why don't you let me go? We'll take care of you. Stop worrying. Oh, I'm not worrying. I just want to get back to my family. No, honey, he said pipe down. Fifty thousand bucks. All in small bills, too. We'll be able to shove these anywhere. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but not enough. Huh? Well, what do you mean? Ain't enough for two guys. Well, you should have told her that before. I did. Then why didn't you get more? Because 50 grand's enough for me. Yeah, but I get a cut out of that. That's what you think. 
Hey, what are you driving at? I ain't spitting it, see? No, I don't, see. Maybe this will make it clearer. Oh, you, you shot him? Yeah. I never did like that red anyway. But you shot him in cold blood. You want to make something out of it? Oh, I, I thought he was your friend, your, your pal. Nuts. I'm a lone wolf. I don't work with nobody, and I don't leave no trail. And I ain't going to start now. Put that gun down. Don't shoot me. Oh. Uh. for help. You say, Mrs. Ross, that you obtained the money just as ordered? Yes. I put $50,000 in the package, and we paid the messenger $200 to deliver it, just as the kidnappers had told us. And you feel that they got this money? I'm sure of it. The messenger was picked up by a police car. He said that he'd seen the car which signaled him, stop and pick up the package where he'd thrown it. Uh, they got the money all right, then. But that was 12 days ago, and I haven't heard a word from my husband or the kidnappers. I know my husband is dead. Well, I wouldn't conclude that, Mrs. Ross, simply because you haven't heard uh, any word. Beg pardon, Chief, but here's that list of the ransom bills. Thanks. Well, Mrs. Ross, there's nothing any of us can do right now except keep a sharp lookout for those banknotes. As soon as any one of them shows up, we'll have a trail to follow. You may depend on us, madam. We'll follow it. Thank you, sir. I know you will. You'll hear from us the first minute we have any information. Please let me know. Send Jones and the rest of the men in here. Sit down, boys. As you know, we've taken over the Ross case. Here are lists of the banknotes delivered to the Ross kidnappers. Mrs. Ross was just in here. She's positive her husband's not alive. Maybe she's right. Personally, I think she is. So far, we have absolutely nothing to go on. No place to start looking. Of course, we have all the information the police have. They've cooperated 100%. But the minute one of these bills shows up, I want you men to find out where it came from. We've got to break this case. Any questions? Any idea which way the kidnappers went after they got that money? Well, they're evidently working toward the Canadian border. At least they headed north after picking up the ransom money, according to the messenger. We're sending this list of bills to every bank, department store, express agency, post office, and racetrack in the United States and every other place where large sums of money are handled. Well, Chief, sooner or later those bills will start showing up. When they do, we'll be right on his tail. And stay on it till you get the men who did this job. The Bureau solved 15 cases of kidnapping in the last seven years. We're not going to make an exception in this case. Ten days later, the Federal Bureau of Investigation agents meet to report their findings. Let's hear what you found out, boys. A woman named Ludwig who has a little shop in the loop reported a bill changed there on the 21st. She's a fellow about... 21st. She's a fellow about five feet, seven or eight inches tall, came in and made a purchase of some small amount, and paid for it with a $20 bill. I picked it up from her, and it checks with the list. A filling station man called Fimmel, F.H. Fimmel, took in one of them for some gas on the 25th. Five days ago, huh? Now, uh, Mrs. Flanagan deposited a 10 spot in the bank out in Blue Island. We checked with her and found she got it on the 26th. Didn't remember when, though. Well, that was a Tuesday, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Who else found one? A woman who runs a little grocery over on the south side picked up another 20 Friday. 
She gave about the same description of the man as Mrs. Ludwig did. Yeah, then I'm in and still be in this neighborhood. Yeah, I traced the other way to a bank over in Indiana Harbor, deposited a fellow named William. Yeah, out of the state, eh? Yeah. Oh, looks that way. Well, we'll find him no matter where he goes. But as the search spread, the trail of hot money disappeared. Weeks passed. Then from Spokane, Washington, came a message to the BFI. Three $20 bank notes bearing serial numbers listed as ransom money in the Charles Rock kidnapping were deposited in the local bank today. From Portland, Oregon, came news. Agents of the FBI were searching the state of Oregon today for the man who used a $10 bill to buy candy in a downtown store. The bill appears on the list of ransom money paid in Chicago for the release of the kidnapped millionaire, Charles Ross. Suddenly, the trail disappeared again. Throughout the United States, trained eyes peered at every 5 10 and $20 bank note that appeared in teller's cages. Then, in New York City... Mr. Green... I just received this bill on a deposit sent in by a customer of ours. It has a number that corresponds to that list the FBI men left here. You know, that Ross kidnapping case. The snows of winter began to appear in the eastern states, and hundreds began to trek south toward Florida sunshine in a cashier's cage in one of Miami's gambling casinos. Good day today. Got a lot of bets. Big money's moving down for the racing season. Got a lot of ten, twenty dollar bets today. Hey, wait a minute here. Hammer that sheet of paper over here. Yeah, that one. I want to check the serial number of this bill against that. Well, what do you know about that? Here's one of those bills paid in that Ross case. Give me that phone. I'm going to call the FBI. From Washington, across the United States, and into Florida, the trail had led the federal investigators. Then, from New Orleans, came word. Chief, I just got through questioning that boy we picked up for counterfeiting. Found this telegram on him. Let me see it. Hmm. Anders on the way to New Orleans. Meet him and assist him in his work. You find out who his Anders is? He claims he doesn't know Anders. But he says the work is getting rid of the hot money in that Ross case in Chicago. Oh, so Anders the name of one of that gang, is it? Looks like it. Let's get the FBI men over here and let them talk to this gentleman. Thus entered a name into the case. But police records in Chicago revealed no Anders with a criminal past. FBI records in Washington recorded no Anders. Though every available man was rushed to New Orleans, Anders did not appear. Then, back in Chicago... Jones, sir, where's that man the police want us to question? Right in the next room, sir. Bring him in. All right. Bring that prisoner in here, will you? Right. Sit down. What's your name? John New. You're being held on suspicion of robbery by the Chicago police. Is that right? Yes, sir. I understand you flew in from Los Angeles. That's right. What were you doing out there? Well, I drove a fellow out in this car. Who was he? A fellow named Drury. Sure it wasn't Anders? No, I, I never heard of any Anders. How'd you happen to decide to drive this Drury to California? Well, well, I, I used to run around with a bunch of fellows that he knew, and one day he came to me and he said he was hot and had to land. So I said, what's hot about you? And he said, well, never mind, I'm hot and I'm on the land. I'm going to L.A. and I need somebody to drive me out. Because I can't drive. So I took him. Uh, did you find out what he'd done? No, that wasn't none of my business. He paid me five C's for the job, so I didn't ask no questions. What's this suspicion of robbery charge against you? Uh, uh, that, that's a bank job I pulled before I left. Plenty more of them on your way to California? Uh, yeah, about eight or ten. Drury in on them? No. No, he works office buildings, doctors and guys like that. They got him in the can in L.A. now. All right. Take him back, Jones. Hello? Operator? Get Mr. J. Edgar Hoover on the wire, please. Yes. Washington, D.C. 
stand in one of the counting cages of the Federal Reserve Bank in Los Angeles. Well, boys, better make another spot check today for those Ross ransom notes. Yes, sir. Well, you think we'll find anything on their list? Oh, I don't know. We've been looking over money ever since we got that list last October. Well, here's a bunch of bills that just came in from the Bank of America. You mind look them over? Okay. Hey, give me that list a minute. You found something? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I believe I have. Well, let me see. There we are. There's one of them, a 20. Boy, George, you're right. Let's find out where it came from to the Bank of America. Here. Look. Here's a band that was around this bunch of bills. It was deposited by Santa Anita Racetrack. Boy, you've got something there. Well, we've got to tell the boss so he can get the G-men on this. While the check had been going on in the bank, in another part of Los Angeles, FBI men questioned the prisoner. Jury, this is Mr. Hoover in charge of the Bureau of Investigation. He wants to ask you a few questions. There may be the same ones that I've asked, but that won't make any difference to you. Okay, Mr. Hanson. Now, according to our information, Drury, you came out here from Chicago. That's right. And you left about the time the Ross ransom was paid. No, no, you can't pin that on me. I'm clean. I ain't got no hot paper on me. You can't tie me to that job. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Take it easy. We're not here to give you any third degree. We don't work that way. We want a plain statement of facts from you, and that's all. You say you were not connected with the Ross case? No, sir. I was in Indiana when that job was pulled. I can prove it. How? Well, well, I, uh, well, there was a bank job pulled in northern Indiana just after I landed out of shack. Mm, I see. Yeah, what else? Well, I worked my way out to the coast by easy stages. Yeah, so I've been told. Who told you? A friend of yours named John New, back in Chicago. Listen, I ain't admitting nothing, see? I'm clean. I ain't admitting no robbers or nothing. You can't pin anything on uh, me. Now, wait a minute. Uh, we're not going to go through all that again. If you're not implicated in the Ross case, we're not interested in you. But believe me, we're going to find out in our own way whether or not you are implicated. Yes? This is John Hanson speaking. Yes? Yes? All right, we'll investigate it right away. The hot lead on the Ross case at Santa Anita. Now, what is it? Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Drury, uh, we're going to let you think things over. Uh, we want to ask you some more questions later. You can take them out now. He's not our man. I'm convinced of that. Now, what's, what's this lead? You that have? was the Federal Reserve Bank that just called me. They found 18 of the ransom bills. Where? They've come in from the Bank of America, and they've been traced through that bank to the Santa Anita racetrack. Now, get your men together, and let's get out there. on information received from officials of the Federal Reserve Bank, federal agents speed to Santa Anita to confer with club managers. I've sent for the clerk at whose window those bills appeared, Mr. Hoover. Mm -hmm. Come in. Oh, here he is. I understand a mysterious exchange of banknotes has been going on at your window. Yes, sir, and evidently at other windows. I'll ask some of the other fellows. How many sellers have you here, Dr. Strube? 300 on ordinary days, 500 on Saturdays and holidays. We have an equal number of cashiers. Mm. Quite a bunch to watch. That's right. Well, I've had my men checking, Mr. Hoover, and I find that most of this money has been coming in through the cages on the ground floor of the grandstand. Are the bills counterfeit? No, they're the ones in the uh, Ross Ransom, that Chicago case. Oh, have you any objection, uh, Dr. Strube, if we place several of our agents in the cages and station others around the grandstands? None at all. 
Put all the men you want to on the job. We'll arrange a signal your men can use, and if this man appears at any window, we'll instruct your clerks to stall him long enough to signal one of our men. All right, we'll do that. Uh, when does the next race start? Well, let's see. It's 1 o'clock now. The first race ought to be starting at around 1.30. Yeah, let's get our men out there, Hanson. without one of the wanted bills appearing. Chief Cooper returned to Los Angeles to resume questioning of the suspect already in custody. Then on Friday, January 14th, just before the first race at Santa Anita. Ten bucks for number two to win. Yes, sir. Here you are, sir. I want to bet, please, uh, two dollars on number six. What? Number six? Yes, tell you what. It's number six. Here you are. Four dollars on number two straight. Four. Oh. Just a minute, sir. What's the matter? Sir, I'm, I'm a little short on change right now. Uh, <coughs> pardon me. Uh, I wonder if you'd mind letting another customer go through. Say, what kind of a joint is this? Come on, give me my 16 bucks and my ticket. Well, uh, uh, I haven't got change for a 20 right now, sir. Uh, if you wait, I'll get it in just a moment. Ah, oh, what's wrong with you? What you waving your hands like that for? You having a fit? Uh, no, 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 sir. I'm just a little warm. It's awful warm in here, don't you think? Ah, uh, nuts, Give me that bill. Here's two bucks. Put it on the note. All right. Two dollars at number five. Now, pardon me a moment, madam. I saw your signal, but I couldn't get over here. The crowd's too thick. I saw that man again. He wanted to bet four dollars. I told him I didn't have the change. All right. Get back to your counter. All right. Act like everything's all right. He'll be back. We'll stick around your window. I, I think so. Just a minute. Still warm, I see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. I never saw anybody get cool waving his hand. Well, that depends on your point of view. Who the devil are you? Federal Bureau's investigation agent. Come along. Hey, what's this all about? Just come along nicely now and don't start anything. Those four men right behind us are friends of mine. Those bulges under their coats are guns, so take it easy. Okay, buddy, okay. Don't destroy. Just wanted to know what the beef was this time. We want to ask you some questions about those ten and twenty dollar bills you've been circulating. Oh. For them. I didn't know they were queer. I didn't say they were. Let's go. Where to now? Back to Los Angeles. Chief of the Bureau wants to see you. <laughs> on Friday, January 14th, Peter Anders, man of many aliases, was questioned by FBI men until Sunday night. At last, he was ready to admit his guilt. All right, all right! Lay off, will you? You guys have been asking me the same fool questions for days. We don't think they're fool questions, Anders. Okay, okay. I'll tell you all about it. I snatched Ross in Illinois. I followed him from that place and took him all the way. Had dinner with that woman. Yeah. Secretary? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know nothing about it. Yeah, go on, go on. Well, it was about 8 o'clock when we left. I tailed him a little ways, and, and I run him into a ditch. I got about 85 bucks from the woman and shoved Ross into our heap. Where's, uh, where's Ross now? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I bumped him off for squawking. You killed him? Sure. I got tired of hearing this telling about my killing Gray. Who was this Gray? He was a bird that helped me snatch Ross. Well, why did you kill him? I wanted to ransom dope for myself. I always worked alone anyway. Didn't want him tagging along. You've uh, spent all that money yourself? Nah. I tried what you found on me, and in the car, I 
Well, I hit Dirty Grant somewhere in Wisconsin. What did you do with Ross's body? I dumped it out just north of the state line. Same place in Wisconsin. You're sure it was out of the state of Illinois? Yeah, yeah. That's fine, Anders. What's fine about it? You transported those bodies across the state line, didn't you? So what? So that cinches our jurisdiction. Yours is a federal case, Anders. Yeah, but you'll have to try me in Illinois. Mm, yeah, that's so we will. But if I remember right, lying fellows like you... Uh-huh. 